everyone, and welcome to another episode of Random Thoughts of a Traveling Salesman. So today I want to talk about incentives, and we're going to try to stay on topic here, but I may kind of go off in a couple of different tangents, because this is something that I have really been thinking about recently, and it's it's mainly because in the past I have put together incentive programs for uh, salespeople that I, you know, sort of manage, if you will. And whether it's a a team that has worked directly for me or a team that works for uh, a company that represents and distributes products that I have, uh, you know, worked for you know, the, the companies for in the past. Sorry if that was a little confusing, but I know what I'm saying. So anyway, and that's not the point. And, you know, when I think about it, things have really changed lately. There are so many different ideas out there when it comes to how to incentivize people and does it work? There's a lot of folks that say that it doesn't and I understand where they're coming from. If you are paying somebody to do a job, as long as you tell that person, hey, this is what I want you to focus on today, this is what I want you to focus on right now. There should be no reason that you should give them an extra incentive to do that part of their job. And I totally understand that. I also understand that when you're setting goals for people, the you you would think, and, and this is, I, I think of this when it comes to myself, and I highly recommend that, uh, that you do this as well. When you are setting a goal for yourself, it has to be something that's realistic, but it also has to challenge you. There has to be something. So if, for example, if, uh, if, if I, you know, New Year's resolution comes around and if I say something like in, in you know, this next year, I'm just going to do my best. I'm going to do my best and that is going to make for a good year. That's a terrible goal. It's a terrible resolution. While it is nice that you want to better yourself, that you want to be your best and do your best, it's not a specific goal, so you can't really track it, measure it. Um, and there's no, there's nothing to shoot for. And I understand this is kind of that cop-out answer, especially when it comes to, you know, New Year's resolutions, that it's just easy to say something like that so you can't screw it up because... Most people who have a New Year's resolution, let's say they, you know, specifically say, I want to lose weight in this next year, they will abandon it by usually mid-February, and, and that's unfortunate. And, and the main reason for that is because they did not set a specific goal. And, a, and again, an attainable but challenging goal. When, when you are getting ready, and I'm... <laughs> We've already taken a hard left turn into New Year's resolutions at this point, but I do want to kind of make my case before getting into incentives a little bit deeper. If you were to make a very specific goal, let's say you are really trying to lose weight. And let's say within that year, you fluctuated a little bit, but at the end at end of the year, net-net, you lost 10 pounds. Okay. You could sort of double down on that and say, I want to lose another 10 pounds next year. But you already did that. And and with, you know, limited 
you know, limited focus and, and, and a little fluctuation. So really what you're doing is you're kind of allowing yourself an out. You're allowing yourself to find some wiggle room and justify binging on something and, and, you know, just being, you know, being terrible, going against your diet. And that's, so that's not okay. But really what you need to do is pick a higher number, double it, triple it. Don't go too far. Don't go to the extreme where if, if you are, are sitting there and saying, I, I'm going to lose, you know, a hundred pounds next year. That is a very lofty goal. And I'm not saying that you can't do it because with, focus and exercise and a, and a proper diet. I, I think that it is possible. I believe in you. If you are committed to completely changing your life overnight, then I say go for it. But I'm more on the side of, let's say you want to lose 30 pounds. That's your goal. That's an easy, attainable goal, but it does challenge you. It gives you something extra to do on top of what you did the previous year. And and again, this is something that you can track. You can break it down by saying, okay, I I need to lose X amount of pounds per week. I need to lose X amount of pounds. I wouldn't do it per day because you, you fluctuate all the time no matter what. But if you do it by week, if you do it by month, like that's okay. And that keeps you honest. It keeps you on track. You can put a calendar on the wall and you can, or, or on your phone, I, I forget that <laughs> digital calendars exist. Um, you could put it, something in your phone that reminds you like, hey, it's the end of the month, weigh yourself. Here's the weight that you should be if you're on track. That way you can sit there and go, wow, okay, I'm on track. This is great. Or, oh man, I'm blowing this out of the water. Or ah, I kind of slipped last month. I, I really should, you know, I had, I had a couple of birthday parties that I went to and man, I just, I just couldn't help myself. I had to have a piece of cake and oh my God, my uncle does the best ribs. I couldn't pass up his barbecue. like, And then this happens. This happens. It's okay. If you're thinking about this, it's okay. It's fine. But stay on track. Don't let that push you into a space where you're just giving up. Because if you give up, you'll never know how it felt to achieve that goal. So when it comes to incentivizing people, I always try to have an attainable goal. If I'm doing, you know, kind of an overall thing. And in, in, in some cases in the past, incentives that I have done, and this was this was a while ago, it was based on points of distribution. So getting a product into an account. If you do one, you get, you know, two dollars. If you get two, you get three. If you get, you know, all five of what we're focusing on, you get 20 bucks, 25 bucks, you know, whatever, throw in, throw in a little, you know, kind of some bonus bucks if they end up getting all of them in to that account, because that's, that's the end goal. That's the idea. You want to try to get, um, you know, market penetration as high as you can, especially on a new product, because you don't know where it's going to succeed. There's going to be some shrinking, but unless you put it everywhere, you're not going to know where it's going to work. There could be an account that you are are thinking this is this is never going to work because these the, the people that live in this area these products don't work for them you could be surprised there could be one person that is so happy that this product has hit the shelf in that store that they frequent all the time and then they go oh my god i don't have to i don't have to drive 45 minutes to get this anymore i'm so excited that you did it so you never know you could be changing someone's life 
you could just be, you know, kind of wasting your time. But again, you don't know until you try. So that's the idea. Let's let's pay money and get it everywhere. Every place that you can possibly get it. Let's get it out there. Let's get it on the shelf. Let's get it in, you know, the, the eye to thigh space, which is uh, from a, a consumer product perspective. That's where you want to be. You don't necessarily want to be on the top shelf while the top shelf does, you know, give you that idea of, oh, this is, this is fancy. This is expensive. Perfect example, you know, top shelf booze. Most people don't really look up that high. I'm, I'm taller. So I'm always looking at the top shelf just because that is within my eye to thigh range. But you want that, you know, maybe like three, two, two and a half to three feet off the ground. And then that's that next three to four feet. That's the space that you want. You want people to be able to see it if your product is targeted towards kids bottom shelf next shelf up because if they're walking around and and i know that you know with with delivery services people are are sort of walking around the grocery stores less and less but if you're walking around the grocery store and you do happen to have your kid there they're going to grab the thing that is in their grabbing area so it makes sense put it on the bottom shelf so, you know, this this has kind of worked. This incentive of, you know, pay pay per placement has, has kind of worked in the past. I think this is an easy way to get the low-hanging fruit, but you're not getting those challenging accounts, those, those, those challenging points of distribution where whether the, the owner is just not a fan of your company, they don't like change. They don't want to expand. There's another rival company that they absolutely love and they support. And I mean, all these all these things are, are, are real issues when it comes to trying to sell something because some people are just set in their ways. They're like, nope, this person 20 years ago gave me this ball cap and I've had it ever since then. It's been my favorite ball cap and I will never take it off and they will always have 20 feet of space in my store because I love them. I love their products. Nothing that they can do could change my mind. And that sucks, especially if that's a place where your product will thrive and, and do really, really well. And plus you're trying to, to, you know, get a, a whole new segment of the market. Like it's tough, but sometimes you just have to be persistent. You have to be nice. You have to be open to stepping outside your comfort zone. And then you also have to be okay with walking away. It's not worth your time to chase one person down for so long because there's other opportunities out there. There's other options out there. Know when to give up, know when to walk away. For your own sanity, know when to give up. So that that's one of them. I've done the, um, from an incentive perspective, I've done the giveaway uh, a few years ago, the the Yeti cooler giveaway was very, very popular in my industry. It was almost like, and, and Yeti coolers are not cheap. And even if you buy them in bulk, they're still not super cheap. So again, there's, there's value in it. People understand that uh, this is, you know, it's a nice cooler. I, I respect it. I appreciate it. So yeah, I'll, I'll work hard for that. But the, the problem is you can't keep doing that. You can't have a Yeti cooler incentive program every single year because 90% of the people got that cooler last year. 
So you're only playing to 10%. The other 90% are like, well, I don't really need a second one. Maybe you'll get a couple people that are like, well, I could have one for, you know, the garage. And then I could have one for my camping or put one in the basement. You know, there's some people that are like, yeah, the more the merrier. But that's not most people. So you have to change it up. Um, some of the things that I've, I've, I've talked to, you know, some of my friends in sales uh, that they've done, they did. And I thought this was kind of cool. I thought this was this was pretty neat for Christmas, like a, a December time frame. Essentially, the program started the day after or sorry, the 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 Monday before Thanksgiving. So it was, again, try to get a push into the market for that Thanksgiving run. And then it ended right before Christmas. It was like the week before Christmas and how it, how it fell in the calendar, you know, made sense. And then what happened is if they hit their goal, which it worked out to be, you know, 5% over what they did last year. And then, you know, there was another like little metric in there for like a house goal so that everyone, you know, so that you, you actually make sure that the, the program paid for itself, which is tough. Um, then after that, the prize was everybody got a 42 inch plasma TV. And I, that's, that's pretty cool. And, and again, it was super simple. Uh, the, the guy that, that did the program, he actually went out before the program had started, used his budget to buy, gosh, I think it was like 20, let's just say 25 TVs. And he stacked them up in the sales room and he put those big like kind of prices right name tag things on there with the salesperson's name. And so once they hit their goal, so everything was calculated out, you know, for that month time frame, once they hit their goal, they got to take that TV home. So if you're rocking and rolling and you're doing really well, you could burn through that whole thing in a week walk away and be the first person taking the taking a TV out of that sales room. And, you know, the idea too is that you always see it. You see it every time you go in to, you know, do computer work, check your, you know, check your paperwork, pick up stuff, you know, whatever. You're always seeing it. You're constant. It's, it's that constant reminder. And then as you start to see some of them dwindle down, you don't want to be the person that has the last one or the person that didn't, didn't make it. And and that happens, you know, and it's okay. It's okay if you're not able to hit your goal, but you're also not going to get that TV. And during this program, there were two or three people that just did not get their TV. And so my buddy, he took them back. He used them for other, uh, you know, purposes within, you know, the realm of work. It's not like he, you know, took three TVs home and just decided, hey, I'm going to, you know, plaster the walls of my basement with TVs because that's, I, you know, I don't want to say nobody needs that, but, you know, because I'd I try to probably create some sort of cocoon of, you know, TVs and entertainment so that I could play video games. The the rare occasion that I do get to play video games, um, you know, I try to create a massive setup for it so that, it, you know, it's super fun and, and crazy and wild, whatever. And now we're getting off topic. But I think that those are, are, are two very standard ways of doing it. I've also done in the past the big payout. <clears throat> so if you, you know, for example, someone is, uh, you know, you set their goal, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, how many placements they need, how much improvement, uh, you know, dollar amount sold. 
And then once you hit that mark, boom, you get, you know, 500 bucks, 1500 bucks, you know, depending on how, on how big the program is and how much you're asking, you have to make the dollar amount worth it. And most of the time you also have to figure, because if you do something small, if you do something like a hundred to 200 bucks, most of the time that's going to be paid through their paycheck and taxes are going to come out of it. So realistically that, you know, a hundred bucks turns into, I don't know, like 80 or something. And it's like, you know, okay, well not really worth it. And so the next time something like that comes along, you think about, man, this is how much work I put into it. This is what I got out of it. I'm really not seeing any, any life changing event happening here. So why would I do this again? And they've got a great point. And so I'm, I'm struggling now to try to think of incentive programs that I think would really work. And I have been, you know, vulnerable in this space and asked people, hey, is this something that would work for your people? I was talking to an account the other day and I said, hey, I want to do a, you know, a feature contest where I want my product featured and the person that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do it in, in kind of tiers. So we'll have one group of people that is, uh, you know, the most creative display or the most creative setup, you know, they'll get, they'll get a prize. And then the, the highest increase in sales, they'll get something because I, I wanted, you know, you've got multiple accounts and they're all very different. I didn't want to discourage people by saying, okay, we're just going to do highest sales number. If you're a smaller, you know, if you're a smaller, uh, you know, budget store, you have a, a, a smaller draw, you, you can't be a part of that. You, you immediately look at that and go, I'm, I'm never going to have this. So I'm out, which is usually why I try to do like percentage of improvement instead of the actual dollars sold. Because it's, again, for some it's difficult because they just don't have the capability or the the capacity to do, you know, what uh, a store that's four different times, four, four sizes larger than the other one. So anyway, I set up this kind of, I don't want to say it was elaborate, but I set up this, this, this program and I had everything lined out. I thought it was pretty easy to follow along and I presented it and I said, look, is this something that your people can get behind? And the response was lukewarm at best. It was, well, there's another company, you know, another competitive company that does do something and it has worked. It does work every year, but the multiple representatives that work for this company are always out there pestering the stores. So they get behind it and they start going for it. And I thought, okay, well, as, as much as I would love to do that, it's, hard to be in so many different places, even over the course of a couple of weeks or over the course of a month, just geographically, it's difficult. So I thought, okay, well, um, what out of this, what do you think could work or what can I do as an incentive? Should I go out and buy a bunch of, you know, Starbucks gift cards, Amazon gift cards, Visa gift cards, should I buy a bunch of those 20 bucks a pop and then go into stores, test people's knowledge on our, on our product. And if they do well, boom, 
here's a gift card and just kind of surprise people with that. I don't know. Uh, again, kind of a kind of a lukewarm reception on on that idea. I may still give that a try. The tough part is, you know, gift cards are, are tough, especially when you're trying to get them approved on, you know, any any expense report because that is something that you know people have misused in the past. So. Again, you're constantly watched and uh, and monitored when it comes to that stuff. You have to be super diligent with your paperwork and who did it go to? When did it happen? You know, what's going on? But uh, even even with that, a lot of companies are just not comfortable going that route. And I get it. I, I completely understand. So that is something that would probably have to come out of my own pocket. And and that that's tough. You know, when you really think about it, that's a that's a high high price. Uh, it, you know, high dollar amount that you're taking out of, you know, your own pocket to help. It's kind of that investment in your own future. Maybe if I invest this money now, I can get somebody that really supports my product, my brand, my company. And over the course of the next six months, I will have, you know, paid for that investment and then some, but it's a risk. It's, 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 I think it's possible, but it is very risky, and it, it's not something that I think many people would be would be open to. So, again, I I struggle with trying to find something that 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 would really get people excited about a certain program. I mean, there is there are websites out there where you can put training material on. And, you know, people can kind of log in, they go through the training material, and then they get uh, some, you know, again, Subway, Starbucks, Amazon gift cards at the end of it. And for however many videos you do, I, I remember actually back in the day, HP used to do this with some of their training modules. You would go on there and they had this whole, this this portal, and you would go you'd learn about all the different things, you know, the new printer, the new laptop, the new processing chip, what whatever it was, you'd go on there, you would earn points for every webinar, every module that you would take, and then eventually you could trade those points in for either HP merchandise or, you know, a gift card or a discount coupon or something. And unfortunately, while I enjoyed learning about the products, because at that at that time, those were things that I sold, I, I was excited about learning, and that was about it. I, I never really turned in my points for anything. I think I, I think I got an email that said, you know, we're, we're ending this program. Your points will be gone within the next 30 days. And I think what I ended up doing is I, I grabbed, I don't know, some some random gift cards that I ended up, you know, kind of pooling together and it was fine. I, you know, I ended up getting something out of it, but it was, that was not on, that was not the main focus. I was, I really wanted the information. I wanted the training and it's hard, especially when you have so many people that are just doing the job so that they can get a paycheck and, and go about their business. And I totally get that. I think that's, that's a perfectly fine way to be if you are working in a, you know doing a job to make money so that you can fund your hobbies. I'm totally fine with that. 
I think that's a great idea because as long as you can squeeze some type of happiness and positivity out of a job that not not a job that you hate, but a job that you could, you know, care less or you could take or leave, as long as you're you know, as long as you're doing what you need to do and you're you're, you know, following instructions, like sure, go ahead. Like just if this is if you really want, you know, to to do this job just so you can have enough money to buy yourself a a fancy set of golf clubs or some, you know, prop replica from a movie that you absolutely love, you know, movie or TV show, or if you're saving up for, uh, like in, in my instance, I saved up for a, you know, relatively nice microphone so that I could do this. And, you know, again, as long as you set goals for yourself, I think it's cool. And that's, and that's the, that's the key. I think the best incentive would be super personalized. So essentially, and, and, but see, it's, it's so tough when you think about this because you want to tie a monetary value to it. You want to, when you think about it, you want to go, okay, what is my budget? How much am I willing to spend on this person? Because you can't, from a, from a fairness perspective, if somebody says, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I don't know this novel that's coming out, or uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, let's just say video game. We'll just say video game. You know, 60, 70 bucks. Really excited for this video game to come out, but I, I don't really have money to really save for it. And so you tell that person, okay, great. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to work hard over the next two weeks. And if you improve your sales, if you improve your numbers by X amount of percent, I will buy that video game for you. And honestly, with that, people are people get kind of stoked and they remember that experience. But then you have somebody else that's like, you know, oh, well, I'm saving up for, uh, you know, a big screen TV. I'm saving up to buy a pony. You know, like I'm saving up for a car like you can't, you can't just buy somebody a car. You can't, I mean, I'm, I guess, depending on, on how much they sell and how well they do. I mean, sure. I guess that's a possibility. I know, I think Mary Kay still does that. I know back in the day they used to do that where people, you know, sell enough, you get a giant pink SUV. I don't know if that's still a thing anymore, but it's possible. If, if you sell enough, you, you eventually make enough money in profit that you get a small percentage of that. And that is, represented in a physical form in a physical object so but to me I think but it's tough though because if you if you tell somebody hey it has to be something that is you know around a hundred dollars or around two hundred dollars people will kind of shut down and they'll go yeah I just rather have the money and and I get that but and they're not going to spend that money on the thing that they really wanted so even if you say hey I, you know you really wanted this VR headset and you crushed it. You did a fantastic job. Here's 500 bucks for you to buy that VR headset. They're not going to buy that VR headset with 500 bucks. They're going to take that 500 bucks. They're going to pay off a credit card, pay down credit card bills, pay a bill, maybe take it to go out to a you know really nice dinner, or they're just going to sit on it. They're just going to hold it and go, well, you know, I'll hang on to this because I'm not quite ready for it yet. You know, I'm, I'm super busy in my life right now and they're coming out with a new one in, in another eight months. So I'll just wait 
and and that money never ends up going to that and they never end up getting that item and, and that kind of sucks you know i i do and, and in a material in a material society sometimes being able to give somebody the thing that they're working so hard to get makes a huge difference makes a great connection and you know i mean back in the day i i was envious of some of the other sales folks that had been there for a long time because they had i don't know like really really nice OGO backpacks or windbreakers or, you know, Under Armour pullovers or something that were all, you know, branded and labeled and they could wear it to work. And I, you know, I was envious of that. And so I, you know, kind of told my boss, I said, Hey, I really want some swag that I can wear to work. That is a going to keep me, you know, nice and toasty in the wintertime. And then also something that, you know, especially if you're if you're you know walking around outside, or if you're you know in and out of a car all day, sometimes having a a windbreaker slash rain jacket is completely life altering because if you don't have that, you feel constantly damp, and and it, it's it's one of the worst feelings, especially if there's a little bit of chill in the air. You know, if your your shoulders are always you know kind of covered in damp. You always have just these weird patches and then people kind of think like are they are they sweating a lot is that is that from the rain and you know especially you know if you if your hair is like you know gelled uh you know it can kind of like get and there's you know parts where it's kind of separated or whatever it gets in there and then it runs down your face so you can throw a hood up you know again if you're pouring down rain you still have to do your job so these all these things help and i remember he put together an incentive for me and said okay well here's what we'll do if you do XYZ. I will share this information with, you know, one of the brands. And if they have something, then I'll find it for you. And, and again, like if, if one of the other brands doesn't have it, we'll, we'll continue on down the road until somebody recognizes you for what you're doing and says, Hey, here you go. Thank you for being you. And I hustled because I wanted I wanted that. I wanted, you know, something and it was almost like a status symbol, I guess you could say. And what was really cool is in in the end the the item of swag that I got was from a brand that nobody else had anything from and that was highly respected within the company. So I did I did kind of have a little bit of a a little bit of swagger, man. Like it, it, it did make me feel pretty cool that I had this, you know, this badge of honor that no, I, I did the best with these people and they recognized it and they rewarded me for it. And now you need to respect, you know, respect the hustle, I guess you could say. But I don't think, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think that's really a thing anymore. I don't think that's really, you know, people... people are either super brand conscious or they're not. And they look at work as, well, I sort of created my own uniform for work and that is totally not what I wear outside of work. And I'm the same way. I I try to stay away from specific, you know, I've got my work clothes and then I've got my, you know, regular, whatever, you know, going out clothes and then hanging around the house clothes, Uh, which you may think that my, wardrobe is is vast it is not i have distilled it down to a very uh very efficient level i do have way too many pairs of shoes but that and and i i hate admitting that but 
eventually I will use all of them or get rid of them to some extent. That's a little too much about uh, apparel. So I think that that is, I think that's, that's the, that's the key. I think that's the hack finding what somebody wants and, 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 and helping them get to that point. And, and again, it can't just be, Hey, here's money because while that's exciting and while people love money, it, it, it lacks a personal touch. And I, I kind of feel that this is something that needs to be workshopped a little because if you're on a work with, if you're out with someone, even if you're going to lunch with someone, if you can find a subtle way of figuring out something that someone has coveted for a while and it's within your budget and you're thinking, okay, maybe, maybe what I'll do is I'll say, Hey, you put it, you know, you crunch the numbers, you put together a program. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, if you want this, I, I will buy it for you. And all you have to do is X, Y, Z so that, you know, my numbers look great at the end of the quarter. And I, I get to, I get to brag and say that, you know, you're, you're the, the, the most improved salesperson that, you know, I cover, you know, whatever. I think that, I think that is, is a part of the experience. I think that that would be great, but I, I, I struggle. I struggle with this. And and so I, I'm going to, if I remember to do this, I'm going to put a question on this episode asking you what you would like. What is the one thing that you would be okay? Because there's certain things that I, I would be really, I would feel really awkward saying to someone, oh yeah, this is what I want because there could be some judgment that goes along with it. But even if, you know, if that, if you have no qualms about that, then, then please feel free. Tell me that you want a, you know, some specific, uh, headpiece or, or again, a, you know, prop from a movie or some rare Pokemon card or, or, uh, sports memory or tickets to a game. I I've, I've done that in the past and unfortunately not too many people really took advantage of it. I, I had an incentive program with, you know, with a, a NASCAR event. I had an incentive program with tickets to a college football game, highly and, you know, highly appreciated rival college football game. And, and, you know, it was okay. The outcome was only okay because that's not something universal that everybody could get on board with. And that kind of sucks. So, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I guess this is, the struggle that most companies have when it comes to what kind of prizes should we give away. And there's also, I don't want to say a a laziness, but a a disconnect because a lot of companies are putting together giveaway packages attached to forms that, that, that get you information, you know, that gets you, an email address, a name, a location so that you could send them direct marketing. And while I think that works in some cases, and I think that if there's a, a, a brand or something that you really support, yeah, you should be on their newsletter because you want to know what's going on. You want to know what's happening. But if you're kind of tricked into it and you're like, oh man, I really want this big green egg. I'm going to you know, scan this QR code. I'm going to enter to win. 
even though I probably won't get it, you completely forget about it. Fast forward about six months, and then all of a sudden you're getting text messages from a company that you have no idea why they're texting you. You never signed up for anything. Oh, wait, yes, you did. You entered to win that big green egg, and now you're on their their radar. So now they're just going to keep – and you can always say stop or, you know, whatever. But it is weird. It is, especially in, in the age of, you know, phishing and smishing. If you're not familiar with what smishing is, it's SMS phishing, so text message. Uh, I'm sure you've had plenty of them hit your phone. I have as well. I, I immediately delete them, uh, block the number, and move on with my life. So if there's something that pops up out of nowhere, I, I definitely question it. I do try to think back uh, and wonder what's going on. But, uh, you know, and this, this uh, I think the worst, the worst experience that I've had with, you know, kind of entering a contest was in, in, in one aspect, I did one of those mall enter to win a car thing. I, you know, I was, I was young and needed a car. So I figured, you know, why the hell not? Uh, yeah, I didn't read the fine print on there. It was essentially setting me up for a, uh, uh like a timeshare type thing. Like, they, like this person reached out and said, Hey, well, you know, we're reaching out to you because while you didn't win the car, you won a five day, all expenses paid trip to Disneyland. And you're like, Oh man, that is awesome. That's so cool. And then they start going into, yeah. And here's the, here's the you know, the outline of it. And it's essentially some kind of uh, property thing, or you have to give them a down payment of, you know, well, the, well, your, your tickets are covered, your hotel's covered. You have to give them $500 as a, as a, you know, a fee to, to hold everything. And then it turns out that that was a complete scam and they just took your 500 bucks and ran. And then you're, you know, if you got your plane tickets and then you you went and you get to the resort and they go, we've never heard of you. We don't have you on board. Now you've literally flown halfway across the country or all the way across the country or from another country and realized, oh, crap, I'm here for five days and I don't have a hotel. I don't have tickets to the thing that I wanted to do. And that's terrible. And that's that's predatory and that's not cool. So. Like I was saying, I I want you to think about this, and I want you to tell me an incentive that would be that would be really cool for you. I'm not gonna say you know what would you do for it because I think that kind of opens the door to either some potentially weird responses, or I I, I mean really I think I should sort of preface it and just say be realistic. You know if I'm if, if the one thing that you want is, uh, you know, some cruise to Europe, yeah, okay, that's that's great. I mean, that has to be something. And there, you know, I've, I've done trip incentives in the past, and those are great. Those are actually really, really fun. And as long as you're working with a company that has, you know, programs and, and points and things like that, you can actually do a trip incentive pretty easily and relatively inexpensively, especially if you're, you know, kind of splitting it with the, you know, the company that you're partnering with. And that can be, that can be memorable, but it can also be a huge pain in the ass because if you're planning specific things and saying, Hey, we're going to kind of, you're going to come out, we're going to create this experience for you. And it's going to be 
kind of touristy, but a little behind the scenes touristy, there's a chance that one of those people is literally going to say, hey, yeah, I'm not here to do any of that crap. I have friends that are here, so I'm going to hang out with them. I appreciate the hotel. I appreciate the, you know, free dinner. And I appreciate the free airfare, but I'm going to go do my own thing. And honestly, they should be able to do that as long as they're up front with you. Because when, especially on a trip, you have to be responsible for those people, in in my opinion. And I know that, you know, that more than likely they're adults. But there is this, they're here because you wanted them here and you got them here. You still need to be the responsible, the tour guide, the the mama, papa, bear that's, you know, watching over them to make sure that if somebody gets too drunk, they're not pitching face forward off of a bridge into an ocean or something like that's because that's not cool because uh, that's on you because it's your it's your job to make sure they're OK. But anyway, I digress. So think about this. Let me know the email for my Gmail account is in the bio. So please feel free. Send me anything that you want. Send me suggestions. Send me answers to any of the questions that I pose on here. Tell me what you think about this. You could tell me that you absolutely hate it and that the sound of my voice is like nails on a chalkboard that are then driven into your eardrums. I'm okay with that because honestly, maybe there's something that I'm doing that isn't quite your cup of tea. And that's cool. I'm not going to be for everybody, but I do want to try to be as inclusive as possible. I want to try to be something that everyone can enjoy and something that everyone can take away from. So with that, I want to thank you so much for being here today, for listening to me ramble on and talk about things that I'm passionate about. I hope you're having an amazing day. I hope your mental health is in tip-top shape. And again, thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you in the next episode.